Good morning. My name is Ozzy Jurak. I'm the host of OzBuzz, where we try to meet interesting, eclectic, and highly successful people. And one of those people is Mr. Gold himself, Mr. Michael Levy. Welcome, Michael. Does eclectic mean old? Because if it is, I want to be part of your crew. <laughs> well, never does it mean old. It means just being unusually successful and unusually interesting because let's face it, when you started in the gold business, it was $35 an ounce. And since then, you have been some 30 years in, in the foreign exchange uh, world. Uh, you have been a vice president of Custom House Global Foreign Exchange. You have Border Gold is synonymous with Michael Levy. And then, of course, your son now is also involved in Border Gold. So you've seen anything and everything with foreign currencies and gold. And you talk about it with Global um, and with the Coros Radio Network for 30 years, where you've hosted a variety of networks. And you and I have the privilege of talking once in a while and money talks uh, once in a while, almost every single Saturday. So tell me a little bit about when gold was $35 an ounce. Well, uh, basically, you've got to go back to FDR in 1933 and um, coming out of the depression, well, into the depression, in the middle of the depression, uh, people were losing their uh, faith in the U.S. dollars and they were exchanging U.S. dollars for gold. And the U.S. had about 40% of their currency reserves in gold, had to by law. And uh, people could exchange paper, which they had little faith in, for gold and uh, FDR closed the gold window. The gold was about $20, $21 an ounce back then. He made it illegal for Americans to own any gold coins that were struck after 1915. So in other words, you could not exchange your dollars, your cash for something in gold that was an equivalent, not a collector's piece, but an equivalent. So they took the arbitrary year 1915 and uh, people were not allowed by law to own gold because it was subverting the US dollar. And that, that started 1933. And gold then was actually golden race had gone to four or five hundred dollars an ounce, but uh, came back down and really traded um, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty one or twenty two dollars an ounce. Um, eventually, it got itself to thirty five dollars an ounce. And as Nixon opened the gold window in nineteen seventy one, again uh, mm. turned it around so that the U.S. was on a semi-gold standard and um, gold prices started in 1971, started to move till we got that high in 1981 of $840 an ounce. Quite a move. <laughs> went, yeah, they, well, they went out of paper currency yeah. and they went back into gold. And if you look back, Ozzy, and I'll just run on here for a minute, yeah. is in times of economic or fiscal stress, in times of inflation and, or hyperinflation, the times uh, when people do not feel safe just with the paper currency, they've turned to gold. And that's what was happening in the 30s. That's what was happening in the 70s. That's what happened when gold in 1981 went to $840 an ounce. That was that huge inflationary run. Yeah. That's what happened coming out 
of the recession of 208, 209, as gold went in 2011, up to $1,900 an ounce. And that's what happened during the pandemic when gold went to $2,100 an ounce. It's, it's not just, I mean, there's some reality to it. And the reality is that we always, at governments, we always spend more money than we can possibly charge us, the people, by way of taxes. And of course, we, the people, also want more services and more goods and whatnot. And the moment we are inflating the currency, you can't tie it to a specific metal. Otherwise, you would have paid out all of the gold already 30 years ago, right? So... Absolutely. I, just one anecdote. Uh, when they came off the gold standard or, or, or the fixed price of gold um, in the 70s, uh, there was a, a, a dollar bill in the U.S. It was called a silver certificate. And yeah. it, it, it was there and it just changed hands as a fiat currency, but it was worth one ounce of silver. So you had a silver certificate, which had a dollar face value. And if you went to the San Francisco Mint, yeah. And gave them your silver certificate, they would give you an ounce of silver, which was worth a dollar twenty-nine. So yeah. people were lining up with their silver certificates to cash them in until they closed that window also. Well, the funny thing was I used to have a fish and chips restaurant in another lifetime. This was in the early 90s. And because we were right on the border on the beach in White Rock, we were a lot of Americans would come over and they pay in coins. And those were silver coins. Yeah. I believe they're pre-65 or something like that. So we would actually take them out at the end of the night and say to all the girls, say, look, if you have anything to do, even silver dimes. And we yeah. had a bag of it because silver was more expensive that was in the coin than going on. And so that's where we are even today. I mean, gold has become a different kind of a thing. It is, it is not tied to any paper currency. And that's what it's made it more and more a metal of, of being safe and putting some assets in throughout history. But did you actually start trading gold to the United States at when, at when it was in these low prices? Um, I started, well, when I started? Yeah. Okay, I started, uh, and this is quite a story. Um, Canadians have never been forbidden to own gold. There's never been laws against owning gold. Gold is always, Canada is a free trader in gold. Mm -hmm. And always has been. So um, in 1968, um, I, my father was in the coin business. I'm talking strictly in the coin, collector coin business. We were numismatists. Right. And he had a shop at um, Howen Pender. Okay. Opened it in 1958. I went to work for him in 1963. Uh, in 1968, uh, my father had traveled to different coin conventions and met uh, a group of gentlemen in the United States who were big coin dealers. And one of them uh, lived in San Mateo, California, and he was in the gold business. Well, you couldn't be in the gold business in California or the U.S. It was against the law. Oh, yeah. okay. But he was, and he needed gold. So he came up to talk to my father, but then to me, and would I make up packs of gold that look like letters, heavy letters, and send about five packs a week by registered mail to different addresses that he had so he could get gold to sell yeah. with clients. So everybody, well, that's against the law. Well, in fact, it wasn't against the law. In Canada, there was no law against it. You could ship it wherever you want to. Completely legal. 
yeah. for him to receive it yeah. would have been against the law had he gotten caught. So that was my initiation <laughs> into the gold business, 1968. And um, like we're talking 53 years ago now. Yeah. And I got to understand it. We had safety deposit box with gold that belonged to him. I go in and take whatever he wanted, I make up these packs, and I send them to the U.S. But that piqued my interest in gold. Why is this happening? Why do people want it so badly? Uh, I was a neophyte. I was 25 years old. Yeah. But then I started to realize why people wanted the gold. And because of their lack of trust throughout history, throughout times in history of paper currency uh, you go back to the ancient greeks and romans and there was silver ingots there was gold ingots people that's what they traded in and it's, it's, it's a throwback to thousands of years ozzy kind of interesting that the emperors in rome when they had a full gold coin they were inflating the currency by taking the center out and putting a different kind of metal in the middle so the only gold was there was either around it or there was a little bit in the middle with another metal on it and they called it the same kind of a, a coin, you know? So there was kind of inflation too, because they took out the real asset at the time and put some inferior metal in it. Maybe that's a history lesson of what governments do today is they, uh, they deflate the currency. Well, in fact, the ancient Romans were deflating the currency by yeah. substituting something worthless yeah. for something uh, yeah. it, but it had the allure it did have gold in it, it did but, have uh, some yeah it did have some there's a historical lesson there for government also yeah well so your family is through bull markets bear markets you've been in the gold business and you've seen it all i i really have um at least all since uh the gold window was open uh gold went from 35 to 38 dollars an ounce and then in the 70s, it steadily increased. But in 1979, it was only 120 or $125 an ounce. Then through 1980, it really took off, as did inflation. And then sure. in 1981, it hit $840 an ounce. And Ozzy, I can remember the kind of bedlam and excitement the Royal Canadian Mint in the 80s went to starting to make the gold maple leaves. Yeah. And we were ordering and making people wait a month or six weeks for their orders, which yeah. they were glad to do. So they would pay us. And then when the gold came in, we would give it to them. Well, let's go fast forward to 2019, 2020, but particularly last year, yeah. people were waiting up to three to four months for their orders. <laughs> they paid for it, locked in a price. Yeah. And didn't care whether we were holding it or they were holding it because they knew they owned it, but would actually be able to take take it into their uh, own self or take it away uh, when it came in. So history does repeat itself. It does, you know, we, well, and particularly since governments now around the world have, it used to be only some governments were inflating and then all of the governments are now inflating. And now we have the mother of all inflating of, uh, of money uh, from Europe to United States to you name it. Uh, people realizing that all that money creation, you know, is had, had we've got to have sooner or later a devalued buying power. When I came from Germany here, which is uh, 1966, I got, um, there was four marks to a, to a US dollar. 
and it was something like three, three and a half marks to the Canadian dollar. You know, so, and then since then, we also have, you know, if you measure it against the euro, all of the currencies have adjusted almost in direct relationship to how much money they created out of thin air. Yeah. But gold has stayed the sense of value. When you go to India, I mean, there's not a wedding in India that is not solid, a solid gold wedding because they believe we have to give the young couple some foundation that is real and it's gold and it's always been the foundation uh, of, of wealth and, and, and storage of wealth, no question about it. Look at China, Chinese New Year's. The yeah. big gift is gold. There is uh, the, the cyclical bull markets in gold are uh, around this time of year. Uh, the Chinese Lunar New Year oftentimes is the time of the year when gold reaches some of its highest price. Again, in India, in the, for wedding gifts, it's India and China who are the largest retail consumers of gold in the world. And, but what they're doing is they're buying bullion. They're not buying a gold ring. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll buy a gold ring. It's gonna be 23 or 24 karat gold. It's a way of having their wealth. And in a lot of cases, people worldwide wear their wealth. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, certainly, though, the, it seems to be this last two years, so there's something else at play. I mean, we seem to now we have, and I go to YouTube and I look, people are predicting 3,000 gold, $5,000 gold, $10,000 gold. What do you see, see ahead for gold? Do you see this, uh, this massive increases and explosions? I'm going to answer your question, but I'm just going to uh, yeah. take it back a little bit. Depends what the value of the dollar is. Maybe there's going to be $10,000 gold, but that means that maybe $10,000 is yeah. not going to buy you then yeah. what $10,000 will buy you now. Yeah. And I'm worried about hyperinflation down the road. Right now, there is no inflation of mm. which to speak. So let's talk in $2,021 yeah. today. Yeah. Um, do I see $3,000 gold? I would say next year is a good possibility of it because we're not doing anything to change our course. Mm -hmm. All we're doing, and we can get into this if you want, but all we're doing is printing money. I mean, that's all we're doing. It's a, I mean, Look at the debts and deficits in Western economies. Yeah. Never mind the hyperinflations of Zimbabwe or Argentina, yeah. Yeah. Venezuela. Venezuela. <laughs> look at us. Yeah. So um, do I see $3,000 gold? Yeah, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, like talking hyperboles, but maybe $3,000 gold is also because we're devaluing our own currency and what our currency will buy. But do I see it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I also see silver in the next year or two outrunning gold percentage-wise. Really? Because not only do you have a precious metal, Aussie, but if we start to get the infrastructure spending that the United States is talking about, and Europe is talking about, silver is a strategic metal. If, if we start battery cars, silver is a strategic metal. So uh, I do see gold going up, but I don't see it going up in this great glorious bull market. <laughs> I see it going up for a very practical reason. There's a real differential yeah. between standing on a soapbox and 
saying gold's going to three and four thousand right, dollars. Right. And a realistic point of view of why gold would go to three thousand dollars and or, or silver to a hundred dollars or seventy or ninety, because there's a reason it would. Well, silver also had a huge run-up in the past, you know. That was was it a fifty fifty dollar range or something like that, you know? Yeah, the Hunt brothers wanted to corner the silver market. Well, that's what they were talking about last week. Uh, you know, there's a there's a repeat of a, uh, you know, the shorting uh, shorting the, the silver market, similar to the big uh, kerfuffle that the Reddit uh, group of buyers had for the big uh, games GameSpot stock, right? But and, there's so much silver around. Well, there is, but that's not going to work because the silver market, the commodities market is so much bigger than the stock market. Yeah. Um, when, when, when you're looking at trying to do like things with speculative stocks and um, trying to do the same thing with silver, you couldn't do it. I no. mean, there it was- just was one stock. Silver is like massively held uh, across the world in, in ETFs and, and, and thousands of different uh, instruments. Exactly, and, and, and they did make it budge. Silver popped by a couple of bucks and then came down by four or five. And now it's back up to $27 and change. It hit $30. So uh, people will take a look at that chart or take a look at that price history and say, so what? You know, but, but we are going to get the demand for it, particularly on the path we're on. But I'll say it now and I'll say it throughout our conversation is I don't see physical as being an investment. Mm -hmm. I see it as being an insurance policy, a safe haven. And if you look back on the decades and centuries, but let's just say decades, it has proved itself time and again. So if you think that the currencies are going to be debased by how much government is putting out there the hundreds of billions, even trillions of dollars, then is there a reason to own something that's hard and real as a insurance policy, as a safe haven? I think it belongs in everybody's portfolio. What kind of a percentage would you think? Uh, 10%, 20%, what, what should one hold as, a, as this safety uh, blanket? That's a really interesting question. Um, and it is because the old saw used to be hold 10% of your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're worth, and I'm going to take a figure, uh, uh, a, a, a large inflated figure, you're worth a billion dollars, okay? Do you want a hundred million dollars worth of gold? <laughs> no, no, you don't. If you're worth 250 or 300,000, excluding your real estate, would no. you maybe want 20 or 25,000 dollars worth of gold? Maybe. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so I can't put a blanket percentage, but um, watching Rob's business, you know, Border Gold, um, it wasn't unusual to see sales of gold of 5,000, 10,000, gold or silver, $20,000 in a sale, even 50,000 in a sale. Um, you get the odd one where it was up into six figures, but when you see what I would call the average investor, and that's, that, that's the average working person who's middle class, who could um, own a home, maybe a vacation home, maybe own a boat, is able to travel. Somebody at that level, 
putting away 10 or 15 or 20 or 25, even $30,000 worth of gold, we see that. And, and that seems to be an area. So where? Anywhere from 2% to 10%, but boy, you can't now stick a label on it. No, and that makes so much sense. Well, the whole idea, of course, you know, will there be deflation and inflation? I've been arguing uh, in my book, Forget About Location, in 1998, I felt that we, we, we had actually inflated our currencies. We didn't call it inflation. We just simply, it happened, the average house price was 13,500 in 1963 by 78. It was 278,000. So extrapolating those 35 years of increases house prices, I thought if we kept on printing money, we did then for another 35 years, every house in Vancouver would be worth $6 million. Well, two years ago on the West side, we clocked in at 4 million, you know, which was seemed to be simply unbelievable. And when we look around now, what's happening around the world in real estate prices, it seems hard assets are soaring on the real estate side. I mean, last week, a painting sold for $99 million, right? So people are looking for something solid. And right now it's maybe real estate. It definitely will be gold more and more. I mean, I'm getting questions. I'm not a gold person. I write, I write, on, I write a newsletter on real estate. And yet I would say one in 10 questions is, should I be buying some gold? So in one of my newsletters, I was joking. I said, well, buy jewelry, right? If you're worried about taking the gold with you across the border, let's say in Asia, well, very jewelry, jewelry, they won't confiscate it. Well, I had a storm of people arguing one or the other and said, hey, I know nothing about gold. <laughs> you know, all I know is I'm talking real estate, but there is this thing in all of us now. We're concerned. It isn't just the virus. It is what's going on with the printing. 1.9 trillion coming in the U.S. What's it mean to us? Oil is, is a bad word right now. But as you point out, the metals that are used, silver, what about uranium? You know, they're talking now bringing nuclear back. What, you know, those metals, if they have a use, they also will have a value increase. You know, Victor Adair, Victor, yeah. uh, he was on, and uh, I know this is a timeless video, but uh, we're, we're talking now uh, um, the second week in February, and uh, Victor was on and talking about owning the commodity, which is exactly what you're, you don't maybe want to own an oil stock, maybe you want to own oil. You don't want to uh, uh, um, own a gold stock, maybe you do. You want to own the gold. You want to own a copper future. You don't want to go, and so it's holding the real thing. And that might be now the start of the turn of our, uh, um, of the direction that we want to go might be holding the underlying because we want hard assets. As you said, look at real estate. Uh, I can give you anecdotal on real estate when uh, at the end of last year, and I'm not in real estate as you're not in gold. Mm -hmm. I saw the condo market turn in downtown Vancouver almost on a dime. I mean, the housing market was going, going, going. The condo market seemed to be slow in Vancouver. And then all of a sudden you turn around and people are buying. They're buying the hard asset. Real estate's a hard asset. Art is a hard asset. The yeah. precious metals, hard assets. So um, there, there is a turn. And um, I think for very good reason, I think you said it, uh, infrastructure spending. Uh, uh, yeah. Could oil go into the doldrums? 
I'm not an oil guy, but yeah, uh, with the oversupply with OPEC plus putting some more on the market. The driving uh, less. Yeah, but if we turn and when we turn, they're now talking. People that I have the greatest amount of respect are talking of 80 to $100 oil next year, and it's going to be demand driven. Well, and that's the thing is that we, you know, we, we are living in a world that's also more intelligent, you know, I mean, not as human beings necessarily, but the information is around, you know, we just open our phone and we, are, we constantly get bombarded as to what's happening out there. What I like about your, your talk is that it isn't a matter of some, some guy guru saying, oh, we're going to see 10,000 dollars of gold, gold because the, the governments are all in this kind of conspiracy against us and all this kind of thing. No, you're making a real point. If we're going to build a lot of houses, we're going to need a lot more lumber. We need a lot more copper. We need a lot more, all of those things. And if we want to go into this real new world of electric cars, as we are now with the vengeance, we need all of these metals. And that makes a real reason why they're going to go up in value. No question about it. No question at all. And you talk about wind turbines. You'd weren't, but let's talk about wind turbines. Yeah. The amount of metal and petroleum products that go into building one turbine, sure, in the decades to come, that will be clean energy if, in fact, they can harness it and make it work. But to get there, what they're going to be using are the hard assets, and we're talking now of metals of oil, that are going to go up in value and it's going to be demand-driven. Infrastructure, new bridges, new buildings, sure. demand-driven. So yeah, Ozzy, it's a different, we are again in a turn in um, the reality of what's going on, what, what we need to do it, and government's role in the process of debasing currencies Oh. which are going to be used to have to buy those hard assets. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and it's going to take more of the paper dollars yeah. to buy the hard assets that they need. And then you can just throw gold into the mix. Yeah, and it's true. It's, uh, well, when we look right now, it used to be the QE was originally given to the banks. And then the banks cleaned up their own balance sheet with the money they were supposed to lend out first. Then they gave it to the big corporations who started to buy back their stocks. And so we didn't see the instant sort of translation into real estate or other hard assets because the money didn't come to the little guys like us um, or like me, uh, you know, in, um, in direct proportion. Well, now in the United States, you take a business loan and the government guarantees the loan. Well, now the money is immediately working in that business. We give an individual a $2,000 check or $800 check and, and that money straight goes into the economy. And all of a sudden, when, we, when we're talking about British Columbia, we're 99% to where we were pre-COVID in terms of our uh, employment. You know, we have 85% of the people in BC haven't lost a job. I mean, it's, it's that K-shaped recovery. Those at the top, we don't go out for dinner, we drive less, we save more. And so all that combination, all of a sudden, we are looking for something else to invest in. And gold is certainly one thing that the average person maybe never considered. But now he says, you know what, Martha, maybe we should have a little insurance. Policy. But, you know, that, that, that brings a very interesting story when they tried to short silver yeah. weekend before last. And 
it got out there um, through Reddit and um, through the different websites about what they're going to do for silver. Well, Rob's business border, all of a sudden, there's people that want to know, A, how do I buy it? <laughs> and how much can I get for $50 or $100? That is the psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the average Joe, who would never think of it until he saw that people were making so much money in stocks like GameStop or yeah. whatever. And can I get on this bandwagon? Yeah. That's that's a, a mass psychology, but you peel away the peel of the onion. And what it is, is more people are starting to think of how do I protect? Maybe I should own a little of this. Maybe it's going to go up and go up big time. So I'm going to make some dollars. And that is not to me the reason to buy it. But there is an underlying reason. Of maybe I don't trust what's going on with what government, what the society itself is putting forth and it's the lack of trust that I want something that's tangible that I can count on if things go sour again. You're so right and you've been saying it for years you know I mean we have your know, every every week I wait for yours your spot on the great big new idea or what you pick a company that that does irrational things or the government does irrational things it seems to be that in the last maybe five years, we have shifted from where we believe in our government and believe our politicians to where we're now highly suspicious of them. I, I made a speech the other night and I was joking. I said, you know, for, even if a politician today tells us he lied, we don't believe him, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's become no more, you know, uh, you know, we, we, just, we just don't want to be, uh, we, we have to want to be more self-reliant. And yes, that's why we have a market. I tell you honestly, I've been in this real estate business uh, a long time. I've never seen quite this kind of market because because of COVID, there are no open houses. So you have to actually book a showing with, with a couple. Well, if you have 20 people wanting to see the house, you have to have 20 times 15 minutes booked. Yeah. And now the neighbors are complaining. They have these lineups of cars going to see a house. We have uh, offered in Vancouver 200,000 over asking price. I mean, you start to think, okay, I understand the world. Everything that you and I discussed is very logical. But it seems to me the people are now almost illogically piling into into real estate and maybe piling into gold or silver i don't know but i'm just sometimes i think hold it you know i mean it's it, it can't be this uh, this kind of a ridiculous world worldwide uh ozzy i i think the other thing and it re relates back to what you're saying is government and uh the bank of canada the u.s federal reserve yeah. uh, european union the, the the central bank european central bank yeah. Interest rates are negative to plus a bit in Europe. Yeah. Interest rates in the United States are at 1%. Um, interest rates here in Canada are 1%, give or take. And, and yeah. So uh, you can go out now, and as long as you can qualify, you can get a five-year mortgage at 2.9%. One and and a half. I can get you one and a half percent. Okay, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Yeah. Okay, posted rate. Of, yeah, yeah. But the fact is, so I can buy a house now, yeah. and I'm not losing to the interest on my mortgage. Right. And, and it gives me more buying power. Yeah. 
And there's, as you said, let's not talk unemployment, let's talk employment. This has always been a saw that I've believed in. They say, they say, gosh, unemployment's at 6%. Yeah. I go, wow, 94% of the people are working. <laughs> exactly. 6% is a huge number. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not demeaning yeah. the people who are unemployed. Those 6% are, are struggling. But 94% are working. They're working at more, with more money than they've ever made before. Yes. Minimum wage has come up. And that's a different story. And I'm not going to go into it. But people are earning and our people are, are being able to buy housing and now you look at the housing market this is your market but what's being produced is becoming affordable it's going further out of the city as you said uh i, I read um about uh a development um in uh Tawasin, a new one aquilini because i just read about it yesterday and um what was it something like 2000 or 2200 square foot duplexes for 790,000. I, I, like, I, this is just something I read because the first thing that hit me is that's affordable. <laughs> yeah. I want to live there. There may be no grocery shopping, yeah. but it's affordable. And then you have a mortgage of one and a half to 3%. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there, there is, in my mind, as a pedestrian looking at it, there is a lot of good reasons why people want to be buying housing. Well, the head of Polygon said the other day that he, their internal numbers show that just this last year, the decline in the rate that from the three plus percent to the 1.5 to 2 percent range, that just that increased the buying power of the average person by 15 percent. So if you had been able to buy, afford a $600,000 place, you could now, same person, same family, same income level, but you could afford 690000 uh, the other thing is, I said on Saturday at the World Outlook Conference that 60% of your monthly payment goes into your own genes. In other words, it goes like a savings account, right? And in the 80s, when the rates were, I was the president of Roller Page, I stood on national TV and I said, 12% is a good rate for the family. Think about it. 12% was normal. Yeah. And I paid off about between 10 and 15% into my equity. The rest was all interest. And today, 60% goes into my genes and 40% is interest. Well, I got three emails on it, uh, you know, questioning where I came up with the number. And so last night when we, uh, I had a, a meeting with the Home Life uh, Realtors in the Fraser Valley, we had a big Zoom meeting, the question came up again. And so I worked it out. After five years of making an $1,199 payment on a $300,000 mortgage, you will have paid just under 10,000 in interest and you have 4,000 in interest and a balance over $10,000 has just straight gone into your equity. So even if the prices don't go up, you pay it off sooner, it's easier to afford. So, so that now the, on, the, on the gold side though, you can't really finance gold that easily, right? No, you can't. Um, and nor would I say somebody should go and buy gold and finance it. Um, it it's an either or. So let's take a $10,000 position. You want to put $10,000 in the bank and get no interest to maybe a quarter of 1% or a half of 1% mm -hmm. or put it in something tangible like gold or silver and 
it doesn't necessarily have to go up because you're not looking for a return. But as the value of the dollar goes down relative to its purchasing power, gold will automatically go up. But even if it stays the same, but the value of paper falls against it, you're still going to be a winner. So there is that mentality when people are buying 10 gold maple leaves and paying $2,500 or $3,000 a maple leaf or whatever the price is. If they're buying 1,000 ounces of silver and silver in Canadian dollars is $30 an ounce. Even if you're paying that amount, if you had 30,000 in the bank, and it's paying you zero to half a percent. <laughs> Though you look at silver yeah. and the fact that the paper currencies are being debased, there is no doubt about it. Right. Silver as the hard asset is going to go up and what it's going to do is going to be a safe haven for you. It's protecting your wealth, your money, your, your the, the value of what you own, especially if we keep heading in this direction. So. Why am I always so, you know, uh, so, so firm in my belief? Because first of all, I go back 50 odd years. Yes. So I've seen it yeah. and I can read. So I go back further than that. Yeah. But I've seen 53 years of this. I've been through the cycles. And by the way, this cycle here, to me, the other scary one was in the early 1980s when interest rates went up. 18% you can yeah. get for a Canada government yeah. bond. I mean, okay. So yeah. I, I look at that time. That's when gold went to $800 an ounce. Yeah. I'm looking at this as being significantly different because I don't see how government is ever going to balance their books again. And if you can't balance your book books, you're going to debase your currency. And full circle, you have to own something hard and tangible. To protect against that no question about it well maybe in in sort of some final thoughts what what the average person should they buy a bar or should they buy the coins there's a premium on coins but are they there is yeah there is so if you bought a kilo bar of gold it's about 32 ounces yeah. and that's a lot of money yeah um the premiums are that small okay the buy sell the, the, the difference between the buy and the sell. If you buy a manufactured piece like a gold maple leaf, your premiums are going to be a little bigger. The funny thing is, is that when you buy it, you're going to pay a premium. When you sell it back, you're going to get a premium. Oh, okay. If the market is doing approximately what it's doing here, if gold prices fell tomorrow, by three or $400, the premiums would come out, okay? But the uh, trajectory today is it's going up. So I like, I personally like the gold maple leaf, the Canadian gold maple leaf. It's a world standard coin. It's uh, pure gold, uh, four nines, uh, fine. I, it's as pure as it's going to be, uh, or five nines, fine. Um, and uh, I, what I own, I own gold maple leaves, okay? That, that's what I own. Um, silver, uh, I like silver bars. I like the silver maple leaf because again, it attracts a, a, a premium, but um, buy five ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, buy silver maple leaves. And um, 
on your silver maple leaves, you're going to pay a premium, but right at this point, you're going to get a premium back too. Of course, there's a spread between buy and sell, sure. but it's not a, a, a huge spread. So I own gold, um, gold maple leaves. I own silver bullion. Okay. Some maple leaves, some bars. That's what I own. And uh, what, people ask me, what to buy. I can't tell you what to buy. I can tell you what I've bought. Yeah. And the other thing, Ozzy, is don't be afraid of price. Don't, when you buy it, sure, the price is high. Everything is relative. Yeah. <laughs> Three, four years from now, five years from now, this price may be low. So yeah. don't, don't, if you're going to buy it, buy it. Don't wait for it to come down. Yeah. You know, I'm going to buy that stock when it falls again. And boy, yeah. am I going to make some money. Oh, it didn't fall again. So, you know, wade into the water. Yeah. Oh, real estate. <laughs> Same. Exactly. Wade into the water and do what you're going to do. But uh, again, I like maple leaves, gold maple leaves. I like silver maple leaves. I, I like silver bullion. But if you want to buy larger denominations, buy a five ounce gold bar, buy a 10 ounce gold bar. But I think the important thing, though, is also deal with a quality dealer. You've got to have... I'm always worried about, you know, these late night TVs, you know, uh, you get uh, buy this gold bar and I'll send you a free bicycle or, you know, there are all these oddball kind of, uh, so you want to make sure that, it, uh, you know, like a border gold, how long has border gold been in business? Well, actually, I've been in the gold business since 1968. Border gold was incorporated in 1992, but we just operated under a different name so same company but actually yeah. border gold and uh the reason it is is that carol my wife uh, and i were in the gold business and um we called it border gold a really good reason we were in white rock we were on the border so we <laughs> called it border gold yeah. and uh but um uh in business i've been in business 53 years but in business uh, in actual years, we're coming on 20 years as Border Gold. Um, Rob joined the fray and I think- Rob, your son, yeah. Yeah, 2012, 2013. Yeah. And oh, Ozzy, the transformation on how things are done today yeah. compared to how I did it. I say to Rob sometimes, if it gets busy, do you want me to come in and help you? And he <laughs> says, no thanks, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so lost in the way they're doing things, the way things are- computerized yeah. in, in a digital marketplace. Yeah. And, uh, but that's all the more reason. And I think what for anybody that's interested in gold just below the video, there's a contact information that you can click on and uh, somebody from Border Gold uh, will be in touch with you and, and then you can. Uh, but the key to me is absolutely important. It's just as important to hire a quality professional in any business, but even more so in a business that you don't understand. The average person doesn't really understand Bitcoin or, uh, or gold and how to buy it and how to own it. So you need a professional to guide you. So I would certainly urge uh, any of the viewers or listeners to the podcast to talk to Border Gold if you're interested in, in gold, because they're very friendly. I can tell you, I've talked to Rob myself, Inside 15 minutes, he's lifted the fog of non-understanding non to where you say, oh, okay, now I can make an intelligent decision. Is there any final thoughts you want to leave, uh, leave with the viewers? Yeah, um, I, I think you nailed it. Go where you can trust. And if a story sounds too good to be true and you're going to get the free pony, 
when you <laughs> order some gold yeah. than it is too good to be true. Yeah. What you want is competitive pricing with somebody you can trust. And you know that if you pay your money, you're going to get it. And when you want to sell it, you're going to get a fair price. And um, I, I can say unabashedly and with great pride, Border Gold is the place to do it. I, I have no problem telling that to my friends. It's easy to talk to strangers, but you want to be really careful when you talk to your friends. And I can say that to my friends. Well, and I would salute that. And of course, I see you or hear you at least every Saturday for 25 plus years. So you've been around, I've been around. And I think in, in, in anybody that's interested in that very unique kind of an asset gold would be well served to click down below and uh, or, or click on the on the website below and take a look at border gold and get information there michael thank you so much for taking the time it was great chatting with you i have a better understanding about gold and the world of gold and how much of it we should own and what we realistically should be expecting thank you ozzy you're welcome and great conversation and you and i have had some great ones over the years so this is right up there thank you thanks for coming Thank you.